Thank you, Anthony. Um, now, I, last year we we had the desire that people just find their sweet spot and and find a way to serve and use their gifts in the life of the church. And I'm just so aware that we are so blessed with so many amazing prayers, so many amazing people who are able to put in words uh, what's on our hearts um, and to lead us in, in prayer. What a privilege it is. Uh, speaking of that, I know uh, Anthony uh, prayed uh, for those who are sick, but I just really feel like the Lord's just put on my heart right now to continue to pray for those who are unwell. So uh, if you're near David or if you're near uh, Bruce at the back, perhaps you'd like to just um, lay hands on them and really ask that the power of God that raised him from that raised Jesus from the dead is available to those who believe. And we're going to really declare that this morning and uh, really pray for, for healing, pray for comfort. So will you join me as we pray? Yeah, anyone else who <laughs> just has got something happening? In, perhaps there's a, a, you know something that isn't has not been made aware to us that you're dealing with, um, and you want to just hold on to that as well. Let's let's come before God and, and ask for for His uh, power to be at work and, and move in a, in an amazing way. Lord, thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you that you have given us gifts to express that enable you to work and move through us and in the church. And Lord, right now we pray for your spirit uh, to be working uh, in these bodies that are under under pain, uh, that have been uh, invaded by cancer. Uh, Lord, for your, your healing hand to be at work. Lord, your Your arm is strong to save. And we declare that this morning, that your arm would be reaching out, that your hands would be uh, wrapping around uh, these people who are in need. And Lord, that you'd be doing a miracle and that you'd be doing a new thing. Jesus, you make all things new. Jesus, you make all things new. And Jesus, we just ask for you to be at work. We have no power of ourselves, but Jesus, you have the authority and the power to do all things, miraculous things, things even beyond our imagination. And so, Lord, we, we ask that you be at work now uh, in these, these men, in these women, in everyone who is in need. Uh, Lord, our prayers go to you. We ask this in and through the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you all. Now, I've, I've got no screen on me here, so if I'm turning around, and uh, the first thing I just want to say is parent 27 and 29, you're needed in, in preschool. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, if, if you are a new uh, to us this morning, welcome. We we love our visitors. We trust that you uh, feel the community and feel a sense of, of family as we we meet together. Uh, if you're new uh, or visiting, we as a church are really feeling like that we've been given a word from the Lord this year, and that is 
to be going deeper in the things of God. And we have a picture of a, a tree and branches that want to reach out and want to be fruitful and want to grow and be meaningful. And in order to do that, we've got to get our, our roots deep into the things of God. We've got to get our, our source of power and energy from, from him. And um, as part of my, at the start of the year, I was sort of doing a lot of scripture searching and thinking about deeper and trees and all sorts of things. And I came across a passage in Two Kings. Um, that I will admit I hadn't actually registered before. Now, I don't know about you, but perhaps you've read through the Bible following a, a daily uh, Bible plan, and it was probably one of those moments where I just needed to get through it so I could tick the box. Um, and I perhaps just read it without even registering that this story existed. So it's a story that I hadn't come across before. And the first thing I actually want to say to you this morning is um, one of the things of going deeper in the things of God, and if you didn't get uh, one of these vision sheets, it's also got the dates on the back for our church calendar. Uh, but one of the things that we're really uh, looking at, what does going deeper look like? It's daily Bible engagement. Now, there is a difference between reading and being engaged in what we read, being immersed in what we read. Uh, I see this as I read to my children sometimes. You read a children's book and you get to the end and, and you think, well, I read it, but I can't remember reading it because my mind was thinking about other things. And we can do that when we come to the Word of God. We can simply be reading it in order to get through it, in order to achieve the tick box and say, yes, we've, we've done our daily reading, hurrah for me, but we haven't actually engaged in it. We haven't actually allowed the, the living Word to actually be speaking to us, And as I was reading this passage, so many things just jumped out at me that I just wanted to share. And it really fits in with our, our theme for the year. So my title of the message is Digging Ditches. <laughs> now, I know that that doesn't give much away. That's a good thing because it means you have to engage in what I'm saying. Um, but there's this amazing story uh, in 2 Kings chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles or a, a phone with it, you might want to have it um, open because it's. I'm just going to read through the story first up and then just bring out some, some insights uh, as we go through it. So it's um, 2 Kings 3, 1 to 20. Now, I've got a couple of different versions on the screen as I go through because there's particular things that different versions bring out, so I wanted to do that. But first of all, just some background. Uh, what's happening at this point in time. Um, this is a period of time in Israel's history where the kingdom is divided. Um, Solomon was appointed as first king. You know, the Israel wanted a king. God said, no, I'm your king. He's the king of the universe, the jungle and the sea. No, I'm your, I'm your king. Yet he sort of gives in to the, the people's wants. And Solomon is, uh, not Solomon, uh, Saul is king. David is then king, and then Solomon, no, no, yeah. And then the kingdom is divided. And we have the northern kingdom uh, with Samaria as its uh, capital, and the northern kingdom from the outset did things against God and lived not according to God's way. And pretty much all of the kings of the northern kingdom were, were corrupt and evil and and. Uh, invited Baal worship and, and other worship of other idols. 
There were a few kings in the southern kingdom of Judah that were okay, but again, it's sort of up and down until um, all of the kings led Israel astray and into exile. So what's happening in this story is the kingdom is divided into the northern and the southern kingdoms. We have uh, an, an evil king who is the son of Ahab, um, who, who with his wife Jezebel did some awful things and made trouble for Elijah. Um, and in the, the southern kingdom, we've got Jehoshaphat, who is a good king. So Joram, son of Ahab, evil king, became king of Israel in Samaria in the 18th year. And of Jehoshaphat, good king, of Judah. And he reigned for 12 years. Uh, Joram, the evil king, did evil in the eyes of the Lord. But not as his father and mother had done, he got rid of the sacred stone of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, one of the first kings of the northern kingdom, which he had caused Israel to commit, and he did not turn away from them. Now, Mesa, king of Moab, Moab was a kingdom that um, bordered the northern kingdom, raised sheep, and he had to pay the king of Israel, evil king, a tribute of a hundred thousand lambs and the wool of a hundred thousand rams. But after Ahab, evil king, died, the king of Moab, poor guy, rebelled against the king of Israel. So at that time, King Joram, evil king, set out from Samaria and mobilized all Israel. He also sent a message to Jehoshaphat, good king of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? Good king says, I will go with you as sure I am as you are and my people as your people, my horses as your your horses. So the good king saying, sure, um, if someone's against you, then they're against me because we're kind of the same nation. Um, so I'll go in and attack, attack them with you. By what route shall we take? Through the desert, first mistake, you don't go through deserts. Through the desert of Edom, he answered. So the king of Israel, evil king, set out with the king of Judah, good king, to the, and the king of Edom. Now we've got another king. We've got a third king, a, a bystander in the area that they're going to have this, this war. The three kings set out. Now, this is interesting. After a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them. So they've entered this region that is a desert place. And they've got their whole armies and their whole cattle with them and their horses. And they've walked around for seven days and they've got no water and they're, they're, they're perishing. What, exclaimed the king of Israel, has the Lord called us three kings together only to deliver us into the hands of Moab? Now, to help you out here, we have, um, this is the northern kingdom, uh, which is the, the evil kingdom. This is the, the good kingdom at this point in time with Jehoshaphat. Here is the country that is not paying its taxes anymore to, to Israel, and so these guys are wanting to attack them. So they choose to come together down to Edom, and you notice here it says desert. Um, 
this is not a, a great place to take all of your armies and to have a, have a war. And so all three kings uh, and all their armies are down here in the desert and they've got no water. They're in trouble. They're perishing. An officer of the king... Uh, yeah, so Jehoshaphat asked, is there a prophet of the Lord here? whom we might inquire about. Now, the kings used to have the high priests and the prophet that would inform them about, about things, and they'd got rid of those. And an officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Saphath, is here. He used to pour water in the hands of Elijah. He was Elijah's servant. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom, the three kings, went down to him. Elijah said to the king of Israel, evil king, why do you want to involve me? Go to the prophets, your father, and the prophets of your mother, Ahab and Jezebel. In other words, you've had nothing to do with God. You've turned away from God. You've got nothing to do with what his decrees and his laws are in your life. Um, you're following the ways of your father. Why are you coming to me? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a God man. Why do you want God's help now? Go, go to those prophets that, and the, the, um, the idols and the gods that, you know, Elijah just <laughs> demolished at Mount Carmel. He proved that those gods aren't real, but you're still following them. Go, go on, go up to those guys. No, the king of Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to deliver us into the hands of Moab. Now, this is, of course, a lie. God didn't actually call those guys to actually have a fight. It was because of his desire to get the taxes that he said, well, I've got to do this. Elijah says, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, good king, I would not pay attention to you. Now, I love this next bit. So he's, he's rebuking this evil king. He's saying, because there, I'm in the presence of the of a, of a good king, um, I'm going to actually do what you asked me to do. Now, bring me someone who can play a harp. <laughs> We've got a problem here, people. So, anyone can play the harp? I need, I need some music. <laughs> I need to solve a problem. I need to hear from the Lord, so we need some music. Now, I said uh, last week, I'm believing that for some of you, Going deeper in the things of God this year is going deeper in your worship, going deeper into the presence and the atmosphere that, that the worship and music brings. And here Elisha says, I need music in order to hear from God. And while the harpist was playing, the power of the Lord came on Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says, Aha, make this valley full of ditches. A weird request. Make this valley full of ditches. For this is what the Lord says, you'll see neither wind or rain, yet this valley will be filled with water, and you and your cattle and your other animals will drink. In other words, this is not a natural saving. This is a miraculous saving. I'm not going to bring water about by means of natural wind and rain and storm. I'm going to do something that is beyond your comprehension. I'm going to fill these ditches with water. 
And this is a simple thing for the Lord, for he will make you victorious over the armies of Moab. And then down into verse 20. The next morning, about the time of the offering of sacrifice, there it was, water flowing from the direction of Edom. And the land was filled with water. It's a story kind of similar to that of manna in the desert or Moses tapping the rock in order to get water. Here, three kings and their armies and their cattle were in a desolate place. They were in a hard place. They were in a place where the sun was beating down on them and they had no water and they were in a desperate situation. And and out of that desperation, they call out for God for help. And, of course, God, in only the way God does, miraculously asks them to do something that seems kind of out of the ordinary, and yet that's the way God works, to dig ditches in the dirt, to dig ditches, and he's going to fill them with water. Now, um, scholars would tell us and and people of... uh, Locals would say that in, in that part of the world, you dig four feet below the hard surface and there's rock through which like underground rivers would flow. And so if you, if you dug down, the water that was flowing would then come seep up and fill the, the ditches. Now that is the kind of scientific <laughs> explanation for what was going on. They weren't scientific back then. They just did crazy things and, and God... God worked and and did a miracle. Um, So Elisha doesn't call for a scientific person. He doesn't call for a geologist. He doesn't call for a local. He calls for a harpist. And he, he inquires after the Lord. And that is because they are in desperate need from a touch from God. And I want to say this morning, uh, wherever you are at this morning, one, one word from the Lord can change everything. One word from the Lord can change your circumstances completely. One miracle of um, sustenance or one miracle of, of healing, of blessing, of, of life can change everything. And so these kings find themselves in a, a desolate place. They find themselves in a in a, a parched land. And the first thing the evil king does is he blames God for it. Now, we can find ourselves in all sorts of situations and hard times and, and desert parts of our lives, times where we feel like, the sun's beating down on us, like there's no life, there's no water, that, that we're in a hardness of life. And we can, like the evil king, be tempted to blame God and say, I'm here in this desert place because God made it happen. One thing we can't do is actually blame God for the evil or the bad circumstances that happen in our lives. In this situation, it was not God that led them there. It was their desire to um, have a war on these people. And even the good king, who should have known better, actually aligned himself with someone who made a bad decision. And because of that bad decision, they found themselves in the desolate place. And so it is with us in our lives. 
we might find ourselves in a desolate place, in a hard place. And we might be able to say, well, why has God allowed it to happen? See, God allows stuff to happen, but he doesn't cause it to happen. He allows things to happen because God wanted to actually show up and use that situation to prove who he was and to bring blessing and to bring victory. And so he wanted to use that situation to declare his goodness. So the same in our lives, God doesn't bring about the bad stuff, but he allows it to happen in order for us to get to that desolate place because it's often only in that desolate place that we actually then cry out to him. Now, when we're in the fertile lands of of Israel and the the other kingdoms were very... um, jealous of the fertile lands. That's why they always invaded them. They wanted those fertile lands. When we're in the fertile lands and things are going easy and things are going wonderful, we're not, we don't have that desperate need to cry out to God. So sometimes God actually allows us to do silly things or be pulled along by other people's circumstances and decisions in order to get us to that place where we are actually desperate and we're crying out to him. Um, we had a recharge night the other night. And uh, one of the people prayed this amazing prayer that said, God, um, save us from the sin of comfortableness. Oh, so true. Save us from that sin of comfortableness. You see, it wasn't whether you're a, a good king or, or a bad king, you're a good person, you're a Christ follower or you're not. All of those kings found themselves there. In fact, Jehoshaphat, found himself there because of someone else's decision. And the king of Moab, he found himself, he was just an innocent bystander by someone else's um, decisions. Sometimes we're innocent bystanders for stuff that other people do. And it's not God to, to blame, it's the fact that other people do stuff in our lives. Sometimes we are affected by the fact that other people do some things that actually affect us and it actually cause us to get us to a point of a desert place. And if you're in that desert place, then maybe it's time to cry out for a, ask for a harp. (laughs) Come before him in worship and ask for that word that can change everything. So the first thing is God sometimes leads us to the desert places in order to bring about a miracle. The second thing is why dig ditches? And I've alluded to this already. Is it because, because we need, we need it to look good for ourselves? Is it, uh, I'm a popular person, therefore I'm going to do it to get blessing. I want to be successful. I want to, want to look good. Is it because I've got good talent? Uh, talent can go a certain distance, but it can't go the whole way. They dug out of desperation. They dug out of desperation and pain. I think sometimes out of our pain, God is calling us to dig deep into the things of God, to go to the point where there is water and there is always the, 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 the water that flows from the throne, constant flow of, of water and life and grace and mercy. And sometimes... We find ourselves in a painful situation and God is saying, I want you to dig deep. I want you to dig deep into the wellspring of life 
to the, the water that is going to uh, give you sustenance out of desperation to dig. Now, this is something that isn't easy. It's not easy to dig through desert dirt. It's hard. It's compact. Um, you need a crowbar <laughs> to dig ditches in the desert. Yet, there is reward. Even though it's hard, there is reward at the end of it. Um, as part of the, the vision talk that I gave a few weeks ago, I, I gave an example of the fruit trees that, that we put in, and I, I thought I'd give you a pictorial example rather than just talking about it because I think it really um, talks here about the reward that comes from putting in the effort of digging deep. It's hard to dig through hard dirt, and sometimes we think it's not worth it, but there's reward at the end of it, because if we dig through the, the hard stuff, there's, there's the water. There's the things of, of God that he's uh, wanting to bless us with and wanting to um, reveal himself in. So we had um, these conifers down the side of our driveway, and we pulled them out because they got this bug that caused them all to die. And we were going to plant um, some fruit trees down our driveway, and I got the mattock out to start sort of Digging, and there were so many tangled up roots and uh, hard dirt that had come from years and years and years of just it being still and not having any water. It was a desolate place, and I started a couple of times with the mattock and the crowbar. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna conquer this, and it was really hard work. And I got blisters, and it was just, and I couldn't actually break ground. I couldn't get through all the roots that were all tangled up. Um, in there, so I actually went out and hired a dingo digger to do the work for me. And yes, it was hard, but the dingo digger helped. <laughs> and I actually completely got all the roots out and and dug in some compost and and made and dug dug deep through the hard ground. And um, this is um, one of the plum trees. This is Jack's plum tree. Jack, thanks, mate. Um, that went in and it just took off. It's only like six months old or something and it started, you know, like one of those bare-rooted things you get from Bunnings. And there is a reward in digging deep through the hard stuff of your life. I planted my tree, which is a peach tree, in the same position that the last peach tree died and I did no digging because I was kind of exhausted <laughs> doing all the other work, so I'll just put it in. And this is my peach tree. <laughs> That's what the other one started like, like kind of just with three branches, and then it just poof, took off. Now you can see two of the branches are kind of dead, and there's only kind of one left with a few scraggly leaves on it. Now what does this picture tell us about, and this passage here, is that God called the people to dig ditches in the hard stuff. He didn't say, go back to Israel where it's easy to dig. Go back to the fertile land and I'll, I'll do something special. No, in, in the circumstance, in situ, where you are, the circumstances of your life, the pain of your life, the hard things of your life, in those situations, I want you to dig deep. I don't want you to just kind of have a rescue plan that's that's 
just takes you away and, and, and is easy. But in the midst of it, I'm here with you. In the midst of it, dig a ditch because there is reward at the end of it. And the last thing is that God is in the business of filling empty things. God is in the business of filling empty things. Uh, in the next chapter is the famous um, story of Elisha and the widow where he tells the widow to bring empty jars and to use the olive oil to fill up the empty jars. And the blessing flows whilst there's empty jars. And as soon as there are no more jars, the olive oil stops flowing because there's no more space for God to fill. And it's the same with, with this story. Fill this valley full of ditches. Don't just dig like one little tiny little hole for you and your horse. It said fill the valley full of ditches. The more ditches there were, the more blessing, the more water would flow. Because God is in the business of filling empty things. And so how do we relate this to us and our lives? is that we've got to empty ourselves in order to be filled. God desires to fill us with his spirit. And sometimes, just like the jars, we're already full of ourselves. We're already full of our own uh, pride, our own achievements, our own uh, intelligence, that there's no more space left for God to fill. You know, three armies against one army, you'd think, would be what was required. And they went there with all gusto going, we've got this covered. We can do this because of our might, because of our power, because of our number against this tiny little nation. And yet their might and their power was not enough because they found themselves in desperate need of more. And God shows up and says, it's not about might, it's not about power, but my spirit, says the Lord. And I want to remove this sense of you being able to do things for yourself, you being able to achieve, you being able to be good enough, because when you're good enough, you don't need me. I need you to empty yourself first in order for me to fill you. And not in a a natural way with wind and rain, but in a supernatural way. God wants to come and fill us with his presence, fill us with his life. Came across this quote during the week from D.L. Moody that says, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of pride and selfishness and ambition and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit and ambition and the world, there is no room for the Spirit of God. We must be emptied before we can be filled. I don't know where you're at this morning. I'll just hide that for a sec. I don't know whether you feel like you're in a desolate place. Perhaps you feel like you're in a, in a great place. 
the whole point of this story is that God desires to fill us, that God desires to show us his power through our weakness and our circumstances. We are in all sorts of places in our lives and God wants to actually work in that. God doesn't want to take us out of it, back to our our comfortable place and then teach us a lesson. In the hard times, in the pain, in the desperation, God says, yeah, call out to me. One word from me can change everything. Bring me a harp. (laughs) And I desire to work in this situation. But what I want you to do is dig deep. I want you to dig deep through the heart. And though it may be hard, though you might get blisters, there is a reward at the end of it because there is blessing that comes from digging deep and digging ditches. And then the last thing I want to bring out of this story is probably the best of all. The armies were in desperation for water. And God provides miraculously for them water. But he actually does more than that. With God, there's always more. And he said to them, this is what the Lord says, this is only a simple thing. Like, I can, I can, do, all, I can do all sorts, you know. I can, I can make all sorts of things happen. This is easy for God. I can give you water. That's the easy part. That's just the, that's just the beginning. There's, there's actually more, and that I'm going to make you victorious over the armies. So not only am I going to provide for you and, and give you the thing that you're actually calling for, I'm actually going to do more than that. I'm actually going to bring victory. I'm actually going to bring uh, the fact that you're going to overcome this army. I'll just go back to a blank screen. And... I want to say this morning, when we dig ditches, when we dig into the things of God, there is a reward, there is blessing. But blessing is just the beginning. That's the simple thing that God wants to give us. God actually wants to give us victory. God actually wants to see breakthrough. God actually wants to see us overcome stuff. The first thing is, is his presence and his goodness and, and the water that flows that gives us life and blessing. But with God, there's more. As we dig ditches, as he fills us with his life and his spirit, he actually empowers us to be victorious over things in our lives. And I'm believing that this year that there's going to be breakthrough in people's lives, that the, the thing that you've been dealing with for perhaps years as you dig ditches, God's actually going to bring victory and breakthrough. There's, there's relationship um, issues and, and problems you might be having with, with family or um, things in your life, and God's going to bring uh, reconciliation. He's going to bring victory in that situation. For each and every one of us, we could all put our hands up to the thing that we're struggling with most. As you dig deep and as you dig ditches, he doesn't only want to bless you, but he wants to make you victorious.
over those things. We're going to have a, a time of uh, communion now, and we're going to do this a bit differently this morning. Uh, in response to our vision for this year and, and going deeper in the things of God, um, before we come to the meal that the Lord has uh, instructed us to partake in, that reminds us of all the things that he has done for us, that remind us of the fact that this is where it all started, at the cross, that Jesus laid down his life for us. Um, over here at the front uh, are some little cards, and on it is a tree <laughs> with roots, and it says, I desire to go deeper in the things of God. You know, I think there's something profound and something special when not only do we say in our minds, but we actually um, do something physical and we actually commit to something and we actually say to God, hey, look, this is me. I actually desire to be going deeper. I desire to be digging ditches. I desire to be finding that wellspring of life that you have for me. I desire to find blessing. I desire to, to be victorious in my life. So I encourage you, um, there's going to be a song that's being played in your own time. Come down this way, grab a card, write your name on it that actually declares and actually makes a statement and is actually used by you to say to God, Hey God, this is this is my bring me a heart moment. I want a word from you. I, I wanna I want a new touch from you. I I desperately cry out to you. I want to go deeper in the things of God. And by putting your name on it, you're kind of declaring that. You're kind of making a commitment to be going deeper into the things of God. And then to come over to the foot of the cross and uh Place your card there, and then I would, I and Mike would love to actually serve you personally communion as a response to going deeper in the things of God. So before we do that, everyone okay with that? Coming down this way, grab a card, place it at the foot of the cross, and then receive uh, the, the blood and the body of our Lord Jesus who was broken for us, who, was, who shed his blood for us, that we might have life, that we might have uh, freedom, we might uh, receive his grace and his mercy in our lives. Before we do that, I just want to pray. I want to particularly pray for anyone this morning who's feeling like they are in that desert place, finding like their life is hard ground and you're so desperately in need of that living water. That, that Jesus provides. He says, I am, I am the water of life. I want to pray for you that he speak to you in this moment and that he have a word for you and that he touch your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here in our midst, that we are in a splendour of holiness. Lord, I just ask that uh, those of us who are struggling, those of us who have uh, something in our lives that's causing ourselves to feel like 
we've gone around for seven days in a circle in the desert place and where our lives are parched and we're, we're longing for, for that life that you can only give and we call out to you in desperation, Lord. We want a, a word from you. We want a touch from you. And, Lord, it might be hard, but help us and give us the tools and the, the strength, Lord, to dig through the hardness of heart, the hardness of life that we find ourselves in in order to find the reward, the life that you give. Help us to not be content with being comfortable and feeling like we can live this life in our own power and our own strength. But Lord, would you empty ourselves? Would you empty us even now of that in order that you might fill us? In order that you might fill us with your blessing, that we go deeper into grace, that we go deeper into forgiveness, that we go deeper into mercy, that we go deeper into relationship, that we go deeper into hope, that you bring new things out of us, Lord. And so, Lord, as we come to this meal that you've instituted, we thank you that your blood was shed for us. We thank you that your body was broken for us, that you took your place on that cross so that our sins might be wiped clear and that we might be forgiven, that we might have a closeness and a deep intimacy with you, that we have full access to the Father, all because of the work that you've done. And Lord, as we come now and as we uh, listen to this harp playing, Lord, we long to hear your word to us. Will you speak now in Jesus' name? Amen. Thanks, Dave. The team is going to lead us in a song now and um, invite the prayer team uh, to come down the front. If you're... Sometimes we... Sometimes we can just not want to come in out the front or there might be embarrassment or feeling like, oh, people must think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> you know, prayer is just such a beautiful thing. Having another person just speak into your life. It might be that someone for the prayer team is the one that actually gives you that word that you're longing for and hungry for and desperate for. I encourage you, if you just love prayer, or even if you just want to come out the front as we sing this song in response to this morning and just gaze at the cross, we just want to just create some time and space now for you to respond. Either, either through coming for prayer or as you sing and, and, and declare his goodness. I'm going to sing that God is so good. You know, God is so good. God is so good. Let's stand and sing.
Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that even though sometimes we wander, sometimes we make bad decisions and we end up in a place that you didn't want for us. Yet even in that place, you are gracious and merciful. Even in that place, you use it to bring about good, to bring about blessing, to change us, to grow us, to challenge us, to reorientate our hearts towards you where we've wandered off. So Lord, for all those desert places, pray that as we dig and as we empty ourselves of all the hardness, of all the, all the rock, all the things in our lives that get in the way, as we empty ourselves, Lord, would you fill us? Would you fill us afresh? We just long for your spirit to just come and fill every, every part of the valley, every low point. Every low point that is in our life be filled afresh with your wonderful, wonderful water. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. (laughs) Who is able to do immeasurably more. Not only will he fill us, but he'll bring us that victory more than we could ever ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I encourage you, if you want to stay behind and and linger a bit as the musicians, as the harp plays, (laughs) feel free to do that. Uh, If you want to head out to the morning tea, encourage you to to, uh, have a chat with someone. Uh, encourage you to, in your conversation, be talking about perhaps your hard places, perhaps the places that God's calling you to dig into. Um, but if you want to do, continue to have prayer or just even sit where you are and just ask for the presence of God to come. I encourage you to do that. Be blessed. Amen.